Hello, I am Katrina Collier, and as part of my mission to inspire all the people that recruit people to treat people better, I bring you the Hiring Partner Perspective Unedited podcast. Here, you will hear from those hiring leaders who create true partnerships with recruiters, HR, and talent acquisition, because they know that it delivers a better result for the business and a better human experience. May this podcast inspire other hiring leaders to create better partnerships with their recruiters in HR. And may it inspire recruiters to create true and valuable partnerships with their hiring leaders because people make businesses succeed and people matter. So let us begin. David Allen Moss, welcome to the Hiring Partner Perspective podcast, proudly supported by the people at WorkDrive. I'm so excited to have you here. It's wonderful to be here. Thank you. And of course, we met via the the Chad of Chad and Cheese, Chad Sowash, because of Evergreen Podcasts and Mm -hmm. what he's up to, getting us all to have like a HR community on there of podcasts, which is very cool. Um, But tell me a little bit about your career, how you came to be at Evergreen. What is a chief creative officer as well? It sounds interesting. Wow. It's like back so to much the future. It's back to the future. It truly is. Yeah. Your career is about as long as mine, so maybe don't quite L- go Let me tell far. you about my <laughs> Commodore 64. Can I tell you about that? Back in the 80s when we lived Yeah, school. right. <laughs> Somehow the family computer, I absconded it and took it into my room, and that's yeah. where it all started. Right? It all started. I actually think we may well be the same year. <laughs> I often tell people my first user interface design was on a Commodore 64. I programmed a recipe book for my mother in basic. Yeah. And I had color coded tabs somehow. And you you might recall that was a big convention in web design for a long time. I'm going to do my confession and some of the uh, listeners will have heard this before. In 1989, when I went to university, somebody said to me, they're going to do a computer science degree. And I literally went, why? (laughs) (laughs) and now i look back going you muppet you total muppet but (laughs) you know you're you're a child of my era i know Mm -hmm, i had a stalk mm -hmm. through your linkedin profile anyway so how did you get to where you got to well i had a lot of good fortune i had an opportunity to start really once i got through my 11 semester program which (laughs) you do the math um it was uh um I got to work for Indiana University for a career in education clearinghouse. Really, it was funded by several funding groups, a nonprofit entity that was all designed to get uh, kids grades 8 through 12 thinking about Mm -hmm. post-secondary participation. Indiana was like 48th in the United States in terms of post-secondary activity. People just weren't doing anything after high school. Right. Wow. So I got an opportunity to be the, uh, you know, uh, graphics multimedia director. That was my title. It's like, wow, wow, this is a big deal. That yeah. sounds really cool. Right out of college, right? So, um, but it got you know me into publishing. At that age, don't you, when you've got director in your title? Yeah, I felt really, you know, plus all that, you know, cushy vacation time at the university. It was a big deal. Yeah. I could probably be retiring right about now if I would have just stayed <laughs> at the university. <laughs> what is, you know. Um, anyway, it, what was great was it was all sort of leading edge. You know, we got, we were the first group to put career profiles online back mm-hmm. in 97, 98. Yeah. 
Um, I learned a whole lot and more than I ever thought I wanted to know about cold fusion and Perl scripting. And I ended up <laughs> moving over and uh, becoming the you know director of web services. And then I moved back to Cleveland where I had grown up, that Cleveland area. Yeah. Then it was just fast forward, you know, I did a stint at AmericanGreetings.com, working on their, you know, online social expressions. Yep. And then I had a great run, uh, again, sort of that leading edge media and storytelling for a company called Beachwood Studios. EDR Media was the division I was a part of. And I was creative director there for many years. And um, we had breakthrough after breakthrough on the digital signage front. So we, we landed Best Buy. Um, we did all their in-store retail media network. We, uh, we landed Win Las Vegas when they were building and built out their casino uh, media network. So a whole lot of merger of technology and storytelling. And, yeah. You know, I had my own agency really after that. I, did, I, I launched a design and tech transfer center at the Institute of Art. And then for a long time, my agency, agency sort of I almost want to say it devolved into a consultancy. <laughs> so I had this opportunity after running a culinary events startup with Michael, who is the CEO yeah. at, at Evergreen, to, yeah. to, to jump over there. Mm-hmm. And uh, he just, he kind of, you know, carved out a real place for me. And we started out literally in a garage. It felt like a garage. <laughs> and now four years later, you know, we're the fastest growing uh, podcast network in its class, I would say sort of that middle class uh, where all of the wonderies and gimlets have been gobbled up. We're still here. And Is there uh, a reason for that? Have you got a special magic that keeps you there? Well, well nobody has offered to buy us yet. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> no, no. I, I think we're just really still um, still growing this idea. We had a great conversation with Chad, by the way, and, and yeah. I think what's evolving and it really is full circle for me is thinking about content and now thinking about HR. We've talked about channels. Well, you know what? Mm. We're really building collections. Yeah. So I am of the brander that really what I've been is just a brander playing around with, you know, great software for 20 years. <laughs> um, you know, uh, I really latched onto this idea of an HR collection an mm. HR news collection and it's mm. sort of a best of for our for our family of shows that are coming together on Evergreen. And that's really the way we look at it. I, all these shows that are coming in as partner shows because we still get helps, to curate original content and we still mm. get to do branded content, which is where there's some nice, you know, growth for us and revenue, certainly. Mm. Um, this idea of collections is really great because it reminds me of back in the day when you was like, Time Life Books. You know, you would get the whole World War II and pictures and audio. You know, um, I like this idea of collections. So that's where we're going. Yeah. But the magic, the magic. As a a podcaster, I mean, it helps me as I think someone in the audience, it helps them. They can find other podcasts all around rather than constantly searching everywhere trying to find them. I think it's, you know, two million podcasts. I think I need to get my stats better, but it's something like, 20% 20% of those mm. are responsible for over 80% of the listenership. So yeah. there are a lot of podcasts out there that aren't just aren't really. It's a great platform, democratic platform for expression and untold stories and yeah. underserved voices. So 
I think we'll see 3 million podcasts before long. I mean, it's it's yeah. going to keep growing. It's definitely growing. But to, to your point, for how do people know where to go? And yeah. can you give them something of a brand experience where they want to come back? Mm. Not just to the one show, but maybe maybe they learn that, oh, this is a great source of many, you know, shows of this kind that I like, you know, that, so then yeah. discoverability might be a little easier. I don't know. Well, I hope so. Cause this is my little podcast and it's chat and cheese. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Have so you been we on the ha- chat and cheese show yet? Uh, twice. <laughs> See, but that's the best thing you can do now. Have they been on your show yet? Yeah. I don't know. Okay. They haven't been on this okay. one. Not this one. They've been on the, uh, the social well, recruiting show that I podcasters, had Podcasters, we, t- we talk a good game like you need to, you need to cross guest and cross promo and and take yeah. over the RSS and yeah. I'm not sure either of those is actually hiring anybody, so it probably wouldn't work so well. Anyway, okay. so when you were doing the onboarding for the hiring partner perspective onto uh, Evergreen, which we're super excited about, uh, yeah. I know now I just need to get a lot more regular at putting them out. We got talking about hiring and of course hybrid workforce because right. you yourselves as a company had quite a change, didn't you, when the old pandemic hit, like the rest of us. Well, I, you know, it really came down to our production director and audio director understanding. I think we were a little bit hybrid to start, so that was we yeah. had a we had a an advantage there. We had Riverside and Squadcast, and mm-hmm. I think we maybe even used Zencaster here. Um, so they looked at the tool set. We all looked at the tech stack, if you will, across everything we were doing. Mm. made some refinements there. But yeah. then it was just, we've been using a virtual project management tool, so that was just locked, you know, ready to go. So it was just really um, getting one-on-one with everybody on the team and, and getting an understanding of how they were going to manage their workflow. And mm. Some producers were handling four and five shows, which is a whole lot. In the industry, it might average one or two. Right we tend to get a lot out of our producers and, and, you know, I think, I think going virtual was a good chance to also get practical about that. Like how much Mm -hmm. can you take on? Oh, you only are going to work 20 hours a week. You've got these other gigs. Some people are in film, some people are in video. So they're only doing this as sort of part of the gig mix that they already have. I don't think that's going to change. I think we we talk about that. We have something like, I, I should get the new number, but we were somewhere around half and half where we had this core of 14 full-timers and then 18 to 20, you know, part-time contract producers right. and engineers primarily. Um, so in a way you were quite used to having I think staff so. that weren't necessarily available when yeah. you need them. Cause I think right. The physically where you're located, uh, yeah, for some people it really bothers them they want to be in the office. But for many it's like, yeah, it doesn't really matter. If I've got a computer, right. I can do my job. But I have a concern from the manager's point of view. Mm-hmm. How do they cope if they can't get – if the people aren't available when they're trying to get work delivered? Like how do you get used to that flexibility, that true hybrid model? It's not just a where are they located. It's a what hours are they working, what times are they working? Well, this might sound – a little flippant, but I feel bad for the managers that mm-hmm. are used to more of a command and control style of management. That's mm-hmm. never been my style. The old patriarchy. I'm <laughs> I'm much more of a coach. Yeah. I'm much more of a mentor and a a, a colleague mm-hmm. when it comes to being a manager. 
Um, let's check in. Let's have regular checkpoints. That's frustrating. That's definitely frustrating. Mm-hmm. Even in some new hires most recently where yeah. I just want to kind of know what's going on from you, not so much from the project management, you know, dashboard, Yeah. you know, where, where's your pain points? How can I help? What are, yep. what are some things we need to, how can I get ahead of this for you, with you? Mm-hmm. That's the biggest challenge, even for a coaching style um, is getting, uh, is keeping the communication right. Yeah. I don't, I don't need to see, it's wonderful to also set now that we can come out of our, you know, cubbies. Bubble. It's wonderful. <laughs> yeah, bubble. It's, I it's wonderful bubble. to I'm see people in, my in bubble, person. To be fair. <laughs> yeah. And realize that, you know, um, we can move quickly. Yeah. So we're starting to schedule working sessions. We're right. we're kind of still working in our own bubble, but in the same room. Yeah. <laughs> and then yeah, we, we're, we're going to ease back into that. We're going to ease yeah. back into that. Um, myself and the CEO had shared an office facing one another uh, mm. for, you know, almost two years. And um, so now it's been, what, 16 months. Yeah. And I did realize something that that's just really not my way. And after 20 years, <laughs> I've had to be really kind of pointed about, well, uh, this new, we, we really are mixing up the hybrid model by saying, mm. we're going to buy a building. So yeah, I the saw principles, that on LinkedIn. <laughs> yeah, the, the principles and and uh, our our majority shareholder, we established another LLC because we're addicted to startups, I think. But it was a way <laughs> to pursue this commercial property. Yeah. And so, so now sorry, we're buying you, an old radio station. Are you wanting to be in person? Is it that you found you don't like being at home? Or you I do think, like being yeah, I think it's, be- we're getting a lot of mixed testimony. But mm-hmm. when it comes down to regular production. Yeah. Um, the efficiencies of having a studio and having people yeah. come and go and having resident or resident hours. We're, yeah. Again, I can't expect everyone to be there all the time. It wasn't like that before. Yeah. But uh, we'll have capacity and we'll have mm-hmm. uh, more capability. So we'll have, uh, we're building out a, a, an AV suite that can be for the podcasters that want video and audio. We, they can really dress it up. Yeah. Lighting, rigging fixed cameras, multiple angles, and get the right software. Um, so in the rooms, we'll all be pretty um, uh, flexible in that we're going to be using Ethernet type, you know, um, mm-hmm. sound interfaces and uh, personal mixing devices and things that we can move from room to room. Uh, we can double up, triple up, we can have groups. So we're going to have so much more capability that I think yeah. it'll be attractive to the engineers and producers that are out on the open range. They're going to want to come in. Yeah. And have a and have that um, exchange. I do think people yeah. miss creative people like that. Um, that the, group the think, exchange of ideas. The, the group think visualizing things together. Yeah. Yep, it's definitely missing. There's been a lot of one on one type group think, but like getting in a room and joking about uh, mm. everything from the title of a show or, or the yeah. name of a show or a concept for a new original program. Yeah, that has really. That's just simmering compared to where we were right. always coming up with new show ideas before we were yeah. all in the same space. I think the trouble is when when you do it online, so even <clears> if you're <throat> all together on a Zoom chat, everyone mutes themselves. So you don't get that really quick banter that you get in a room. So I think that's been missing. I'm forever saying, would you please just stay unmuted so you can just talk? 
as you yeah, would have seen. And interrupt me, please. Right? Please interrupt me. I love being interrupted. <laughs> Seeing I interrupt people all the time. So you mentioned a little bit ago that through this you've actually had to do some hiring. So what yes. was that like? How did you have to adapt to, oh, I'm hiring remotely. I don't, you know, I, I can't interview them in person because we're in our bubbles. Did you suddenly have to go, oh, my gosh, I've got to do this? Or I think there was more, I think there was more of a, there was a different command and control in that we had to say, all right, uh, you know, Bridget, you're going to screen all these and then you're going to have the first round. Yeah of 30 minute zooms with these folks. And then yeah. you're going to bring in myself or the audio director and we'll do the second rounds. But we had to be very clear on how we were running the, the workflow of it mm -hmm. and talk about it a, a little bit more. It took a little bit more planning, but yeah. once we got in the swing and did it a few times, I think there's other steps too. post hiring or post we've gotten more, uh, we've actually gotten a little bit more um, disciplined about annual reviews I started yeah. having those in person, right? And and um, uh, but the follow ups when you're in a virtual way, even with that letter of saying, "Hey, here's what we talked about. Here's where we're going. Here's a compensation adjustment." Getting those letters kicked out in a timely fashion, it's it's not happening. <laughs> I'm raising. I'm talking about me, and I, and I think it's it's a little bit that out of sight, out of mind. A yeah. little bit. We're not seeing each other every day. And we're not mm. doing those little nudges that we do more naturally in person. Mm. So then you do get the email bumping this. Yeah. <laughs> Putting this hey, on I top just uh, bumping this again. And then you feel like, oh, I feel awful. I'm terrible, man. So is bumping putting it on the top of the inbox? Is that? Yeah, I think bumping is just like, hey, um, you know, it's this friendly <laughs> way of saying, where the hell is this? Yeah. <laughs> I'm <Hey> waiting. <laughs> uh, long you're going to have me wait. <laughs> yeah. And I, actually, that's a really good point, isn't it? The things that really need to be taken into consideration. So what we were talking as well, so obviously my whole podcast is the hope that hiring managers will work better with recruiters and they'll partner each other. And how did you go about your process? Did you go out to recruiters or have you got your own or did you do a referral? I think that's getting better. We have, we've, we've, we've used Indeed before, mm -hmm. um, but we've also been pretty steady with our use of LinkedIn. So, but the candidate pool, I'm going to call it is a little bit homogenous. So I've been, I've been reaching out to some of the career centers where I know they have audio, video, or communications majors mm -hmm. in the, in the regional universities, mostly in Ohio, Pennsylvania, any, anywhere nearby. Yeah. Um, and then I, uh, then this is a new thing and this is a little bit off of the recruiting, uh, stream, but I had a conversation with a group out of Canada called Ripen. It's with two I's, R-I-I-P-E-N. And they have colleges and universities that put student projects, um, co-ops, which are more like work study, like maybe a step up from an internship and internships, yeah. all these things they'll list yeah. in different categories. And I couldn't believe what was already there. And then as an employer, I can go in and actually list either um, internship opportunities, uh, production assistant, which is something we're really working on because yeah. that's how you that's how you create producers <clears throat> mm -hmm. or how you can kind of grow people into your culture. 
Yeah. So we're trying to make it more of a, a multi-point approach for sure. Yep. But you actually um, we, go out yeah. and look for people yourselves. Yeah, but we actually, we've worked with Robert Half. Oh, yes. And uh, thank you, Robert Half, for my marketing director. Thank you very much. <laughs> um, and we're currently in negotiations practice? with Robert Half to bring her, they call uh, they call it converting. I said, is she changing her religion? <laughs> no, she's gone from contract to permanent kind of thing. Yes, yes. <laughs> yeah. So they're going to convert her over, yeah. and we just have to come down to the time we're doing yeah. that and then get her into <laughs> in her in, intake intake <laughs> into our payroll system yes absolutely so because i guess when you're actually looking for people yourselves you have an idea in your head you don't need to express it how did yeah. you go about expressing what you were looking for when you were having to work with a recruiter because i think sometimes it's hard for hiring managers to get that out of the head onto the inverted commas paper without disparaging predecessors you know, had to talk about where we were coming from. Why did we get rid of our marketing director mm -hmm. upwards of two years ago? You know, it was maybe a year and a half at the time, but, mm. and, and what's it been like without that? You know, we're, mm -hmm. we're, you know, some of us are doing the job of three people kind of a thing, but also really under before we even talk to them, understanding what are the core things we need them to take on. Some of the stuff is just, um, uh, you know, blocking and tackling, they, they might say in rugby, right. but just, <laughs> you know, um, you know, these getting the, getting the role description right before we even really started looking. Yeah. That's and the understanding part, the challenges it? of that role and how that role had to work with the accounts director and the production director, how they had to be like a triad. Yeah. Really tightly work. And so that was how we kind of build it when we started talking to candidates. Look, you're going to be working with these two people are, that's the go-to right there. Mm -hmm. And that helped a lot. And how, the, lot. how has, because she's come on board now, how has she created collaboration with those two parties being, I take it a lot of it's still virtual. Is it again, just using the tools? They definitely or? have a weekly stand-up. Um, yeah, they, they start to really work strategy on their own as a unit. And it's, a, it's really great because in accounts that we're talking about timing of launching new show, putting new shows on the network like yours yeah. Yeah. and how does PR paid social email, you know, cross promo, uh, you know, ad marketplace, <laughs> all these things, how do they all time out across these departments you know yeah. so i'm glad they're meeting they really need to meet quite often um but if they're at least doing a weekly stand-up i feel good about that and we also have them as a part of a management the whole management team gets together weekly virtually yeah. we've been doing that without a break we do that every yeah. week hopefully with and your microphones off so you can interrupt each other oh, yeah not microphones off microphones on not on mute I don't know. Okay. People mute then too. And then they forget <laughs> oh, they're muted and then they And it's so annoying. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, it's David, a, you're I, muted. I want, <laughs> yeah. the, I want that t-shirt, you know. You're on mute. But it's oh, I it's just perfect. Want... Come on, let's do that. I like that a lot. So you're you can on, totally do that. You're on Etsy. mute. You're on mute is a totally a t-shirt you can get. It's like a pandemic t-shirt. But it's kind of crazy. I don't know why people do it. But I hate it um, when I'm speaking at events especially because I don't get you, – you can hear something 
Otherwise, you're just literally, I'm talking to the wall. I miss that energy exchange. Oh, I like don't. I heard you just put your pad down after you wrote that down. You know, it's like there's some movement, He's some noise. He's taking notes. He's taking you're notes. You're on mute. <laughs> the next no, time we talk. I can't you haven't seen that. There's already T-shirts out there you can get with that on. <laughs> well, when listen, next year when I'm in the UK and we will connect, Slowly. I'll wear that shirt all over town. Yeah, with evergreen on it. Yeah. Early brand. Yeah, I think we should start. We're, we've talked about starting taking, you know, and making just messages uh, for shirts and stuff. I'm kind of tired of just the logo. Oh, it's, it's like, okay, it's, all right. It's got to be done. It's got to be done. So um, going back to – so Robert Half, they filled your role. Did the recruiter do anything special that made you feel, like, really reassured that they were on it, that they were going to get the right person? Because I'm always, like, looking at the human side of – what recruiters are doing and what can recruiters do better to partner better with their hiring managers? Yeah. My favorite part was just the way they would come back with candidates. That moment when they would describe this person, you know, she's done this and she's done that. She's really looking for this and that. It seemed like they, they had a, a good understanding of, of this person's background and really why they needed, why, why they were a good fit for us. So they did enough, they put enough thought into that for sure. I take I it would you say, gave them I would, the time though to let them do that. Yeah. As yeah. well. Because sometimes it's, oh, you just have to send the CV over or the resumes, you guys love to call it. And they're really hard documents to write. I mean, you as a marketer probably struggles to write your own. And it's like, you, oh, so you're giving I, the recruiter the time to say, this is why, David, this is why I think this person's a great fit for you. And yeah, trusting that I, they've done that I, proper interview. I think there was more there even with the person we hired than than the CV or Robert mm. Half could could understand. Mm. Once you get to know the person, yeah, you yeah. see how, um, in this case, my marketing director oh, just likes to get stuff done. Yeah. This kind of person. Yep. And sometimes I have to say, hey, whoa, 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 can I see that? You know, like, because it's like, <laughs> get it done. Get it done, but well, let's yeah. just, like, just like, give him a minute to say, "Hey, that oh, that looks great. Let's go." Um, and I like that. I like that a lot. Um, and that independence is cool. Yeah, a lot of people will say that they are independent and they get shit done, but it doesn't mean they actually do. So <laughs> that's right. the thing, isn't it? Right now, I'm like, "Hey, man, see that. I'm, 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 I feel like I'm running along the side, like <laughs> slow down. I can't keep up." <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> How long has she been there? Maybe she's just adjusting. <laughs> uh, well, it's, it's it's three months, three months. Yeah. So I oh, think very she's, cool. yeah, a good That's fit so too. You don't always know that they're going to fit. Yeah. You might think you know. And that's, I don't think that's you hard, isn't it? Because it's, it's, a, it's that, it's not a tangible thing. I know everyone tries to create that, like this is our culture, but actually it's quite hard to put it into words. Because it's not well, really words, is it? It's like the energy no. between you all and the. Now you're talking about something that's really elusive <laughs> because, mm. as much as managers like to talk about our culture, yeah. <laughs> the culture is made when we're not looking, and the culture is mm-hmm. sort of established when we when we're not listening. Yeah, it's the pause. Um, in between, we might isn't it? ask our people to submit their best and brightest ideas or help us solve problems, but mm. we don't always pay attention to the kind of pain they're in or mm. the kinds of things where they feel like they're not being heard. Yeah. Boy, and then so then you can talk all day long about how, how great we are and how 
how nice everything is. And there's people in the ranks that are bent out of shape. Yeah. They're upset. They did, you know, you have to watch out for that. I'm reading a book. Oh, I don't. He's think currently I searching for the book. If you enjoyed the podcast. You can't tell that he's doing that. <laughs> that's good. That's good because it's a messy <laughs> thing. But I'm reading this book, Creativity Inc., and ah. it's by Ed Catmull. He was one of the founders of Pixar, and he My was actually right very again. early. He he was like us, like Commodore sixty four, like so yep. early, early seventies, starting animation when it wasn't yep. even a thing. And he he talks about like these pitfalls. Mm. that that they weren't even seeing one of the best stories was like we had this conference room and we and it was this big table and and they, they started putting place cards down and I'm, so here was you know Steve Jobs and Ed and you know all these people mm. up and close and then as the team grew people were sitting in the wings and then they started to realize oh this isn't collaborative this isn't no. this is like way too much hierarchy so mm-hmm. he had them change it to a large square table, but then they then they continued to do place cards until everyone just all had this epiphany, like, why are we doing place cards? Like, yeah. sit where you want. Come and exactly. sit. Come and sit and give me your ideas. <laughs> the fall of the patriarchy. Get rid of those place yeah, cards. But this <laughs> That's is a where great, it starts. Great book. I'm really, I'll have to add really to it. thrilled to be reading yeah. it. Yeah. That's cool. So what's next for Evergreen? Obviously, I understand you purchased a building, but what, what's next? What's in the, the roadmap? What can I expect to see now I'm part of the family? Well, we're really, uh, we're going to really innovate this idea of collections. We're going to start mixing like best of and allowing uh, partner hosts to introduce new episodes into these collections on the, on the channel pages. Oh, very cool. We're going to be doing more and more video, I would say, mm-hmm. depending on the show, depending on the host. And, yeah. and w- how video connects with their audience because some shows that's not the case. Hmm. We're starting to go back out. We went out to podcast movement. We presented, and it's really good to you know just be out in that mix. Yeah, out of the bubble. We'll be at She Podcasts. <laughs> We're sending our production director and um, marketing director, and then our show, um, Sleepover Cinema is doing a special live performance at a, at a pajama party on a Friday night oh, at this. Yeah. So they so talk cute. about nineties and aughts, uh, rom-coms. Yeah. They, they review these rom-coms and it's, it's, it's really <laughs> becoming a great little show. They're really having, doing a great job with it. The so, 90s but, did have some absolutely brilliant rom-coms. <laughs> yeah. So, so, um, it's still happening. So, and I, I think, um, just, um, continuing to invite, you know, great shows onto the network, mm-hmm. growing these categories. But then I think we're going to kind of begin to partner with other creative production houses. And we've had a lot of, um, original producers and, and writers who've brought ideas to us depending on where we're at with new funding rounds, we want to have a fund where we can go into joint ventures more, more joint ventures, I think is a real thing in the future. Yeah. Um, I think it's the future of work full stop. Yeah. 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 The world's changing. And I think those clinging onto the old ways, you know, we're not going to go hybrid, for example. I just, yeah, they're going to have their eyes opened. Yeah. and, And that's why I think with the new space, having run an incubator, 
yeah. you can't you can't necessarily uh, have a grand design, but the best thing is to have other disciplines in the space. So mm. there's a chance we'll have a product design company in the front of the building, and they're going to yeah. be bringing their clients in, showing them the next you know Ninja Blender or, or whatever. <laughs> And um, and there's a marketing firm that we've worked with that may take 900 square feet on another part of the building. And I think it'd be great to have some different uh, businesses and disciplines in more of yeah. a collaborative environment That's to so sort cool. of offset the reality that it's never going to be every seat in the building is has someone sitting in it. Yeah. It's just not going to be that. No. It might seem really quiet and dead on the production first floor yeah. in a lot of days. <laughs> If there's no recording happening, that's a problem, I will say. I think we're going to be able to offer more audio derivatives. I call them derivatives. Mm. I don't know if I need to trademark that, but I don't think so. Um, (laughs) We're going to be doing more audio book narrating. We're going to be doing more. uh, We've got a partner that does these audio gems, a partner called Find A Way. We hope to be doing more of that uh, on location where they can come in and record these things. So I think there'll be more opportunities for people to come and rent out or use the space yeah. Or say, we need an engineer for the afternoon, and they'll come mm-hmm. in, meet with one of yeah. our engineers, but they're doing their own thing. Yeah. We've got some partners that are going to bring their clients in, and we'll help them produce the podcast. So it's going to, there's just going to be more ways we create content. Yeah. For sure. Which is the best part. And that's the bit that makes you light up when you talk about it. So that's yeah, you're doing I'm that. excited about that. So if people wish to find you, is. LinkedIn okay under David Allen Moss because there sure. are too many David Mosses. Yeah. What is that? Ohio. Slash I N slash David Allen Moss. Somehow I, I landed no it. Do, yeah. do you got it? Did you? I have davidallenmoss.com because I'm so old. I bought it, in, you know, 98 or something. <laughs> uh, yeah. I am actually just about to rebrand just to katrinacollier.com because it's like, why am I bothering to be anything else? I'm just me. <laughs> so I'm, I'm going to track that. I want to follow that because uh, I need, I need to get off my derriere and you know mine just auto forwards to linkedin right now because yeah. i was tired of, you know because i i just couldn't yeah. maintain but it would be yeah. nice to have some of my shows and things mm. and appearances and hey yeah you can hire me to speak and i might yeah. do a good job it's really fun process that i'm going through at the moment and the perfect time because it's always quiet here in europe in august so i'm enjoying it yeah, anyway, is this the big holiday time is that what i'm hearing everyone's well, on holiday I, they august? do seem to be away I, I didn't think they would be, but the roads are really quiet. So it's wonderful. So nice. I love it. It's my catch-up month. Anyway, thank you so much for being on our podcast, most importantly, I, which, of course, can pleasure. be found at Evergreen. Um, not sure when, as soon as I put it out. <laughs> <But> <laughs> I do appreciate your time. Thank you so much, David. Yeah, let's keep in touch. Really great. Thank you for listening to the Hiring Partner Perspective Unedited Podcast, proudly supported by the people at WorkDrive. Hopefully you really enjoyed what you heard and have left feeling inspired. And if so, I would love your help to create real change. Please pass this podcast on to your hiring leaders and other recruiters and HR. Even share it on your social channels if you feel so inclined. But the more reach we can get, the more change we can create. So please remember to subscribe, of course, on your favorite podcast platform. And do come and say hello at Hiring Partner Perspective on Instagram, where I share behind the scenes of what's going on. Until next time. Thank you.
how much do you understand the future of finance? I'm Jim Roos, a top 10 banking influencer and host of the podcast Banking Transform, where we dive deeply into the rapidly evolving world of banking and financial technology. Join me as I interview industry experts, thought leaders, and innovators as they unravel the latest banking trends, disruptions, and game-changing technologies reshaping the world of finance. Redefine your understanding of the banking ecosystem. Subscribe now to Banking Transformed, available wherever you get your podcasts and now available on YouTube.